<laughs> so, welcome back, everybody, to It's All Light. Today's special guests are Jen and Nick Blossel. Hello. What's up? So, if you're not familiar with the Blossels, they're just the most talented family, and every child in their family does incredible things with their lives. So, unfortunately, Alex isn't here, but he's the one who does his Sunday brunch. Jen's a famous singer. Nick is a, prof- uh, I almost said prophetic, <laughs> prophetic speaker and friend. So, tell us a little bit more about you guys. Where'd you grow up? What do you like to do? Okay, well... Nick, are you also thinking of jokes as responses to that question? Not you. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna prophesy for a second. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. No, we were. Um, <laughs> we're still. We were waiting. both born abroad, actually. Wow. Oh, we were born abroad. That is true. Where were you guys born? Nick. In a plane over the ocean. I'm kidding. Um, I was born. In, <laughs> I was born in Switzerland. Wow. He was born in Bern. Yeah. I was. Uh, in Vienna, Austria. Wow. And what were you guys mm-hmm. doing abroad? What was your family doing? We just really wanted to seem cool to other people. So my parents... No, my parents... <laughs> Nat, can I tell you a really cool story about why I think people need to follow their dreams? Yeah. So my parents, they both just have the sense of love for learning that has been instilled in all of their children, I think. We're just all very curious people, yeah. partly because are very curious and my mom and dad both before they met had desires of their heart to live in Switzerland at some point and so they decided to make it happen through a job opportunity that my dad got in Switzerland but they were able to live in another part of Switzerland and they went to church and it wasn't feeling right and then they realized that they could live in this smaller town and I think the housing wouldn't be as good or something but they both felt compelled to go there and when they arrived they were met by Nick was it like the Relief Society was meeting or something and they said that we were just praying and fasting for a young family to move into this ward and then my parents showed up with their little kids but it doesn't just stop there. We were there in Switzerland uh, visiting that ward last year, Christmas time. And this woman came up to me and she's like, oh, you're the Blossels? We moved in the day that your family moved out. This is literally over 30 years ago. They're like, we moved in the day your family moved out, but we hear about them all the time, blah, blah, blah. I continue to hear stories of how my dad impacted somebody as a young man in the young men's program. And then he grew up and was so influenced. And now they have children and their children are our friends. And we've been able to experience really meaningful relationships with so many of these people because of my parents just wanting to live in Switzerland and following something that they wanted to do. And really impactful for me because it wasn't just like, I think the desires of our hearts are so sacred, but they don't, I don't view them as such. I just view them as simple things that I want to do and that it's just about me and what I want. And yet God, the word desire literally can translate to of the father or just like this. I think like our little spirits understanding what we're meant to do in this life. And so anyway, that's one story of Switzerland. Our parents just wanted to go and they made it happen. And because of that, it's impacted generations, not just in our family, but the lives of so many people And that 
for years and like, years and yeah. years to come. And that like my so friends don't cool. tell these stories. It was like we had to go to the ward for other people to be like, "Oh, your dad's such a legend. He did blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" I, you know, like, and... yeah. So wow. anyway, that's so cool. Yeah, Nick. Any thoughts to add to that? Amen. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember me and my friends, like, we're on a trip, and we came home, and we had to go to find to take somewhere to take the sacrament. We literally just went to some random church on our way home, and it ended up being your parents' ward. And we met your mom, and she started, like, saying who she was, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I know some of your kids, like, not well, but I know them. And then since then, I've, like, met you guys more and now we're friends, which makes me so happy. But, yeah, I'm just excited to learn from both of you today. We're kind of having a topic of love and energy, but I want to combine that with what do you guys light up about? Like, what do you feel like your life's purpose is and and just what makes your life, like, tick, I guess, in a sense? Like, what keeps you going? Okay, I know that. I've been chatting so much, and so really I should let Nick talk. But I just want to give a moment to say, one, that we're so lucky to be your friend. The honor is ours. And I remember my mom saying that when she met you, and that's so precious. But, and something that I'm really grateful that Nick Blossel is my brother is that we light up about the same things, light up about the same thing, which is the gathering of Israel is the thing that just fuels our fire more than anything else and so I feel really lucky that Nick is my brother because um it's like eternal friendship and that there's somebody in my corner that is just as weirdly obsessed as I am so anyway that's also shouts to my brother Nick Blossel you the best I love that (laughs) yeah that's really that's that's what I was gonna say Natalie is, and it is kind of a family culture thing. We, we just have a really strong sense that, of why we're here on earth. President Nelson, he said, um, the most important work taking place on the earth today is the gathering of Israel. Nothing else compares. And he says, this is the mission for which you're sent to earth. And one thing that I, that gets me so excited about that. It sounds like a sort of one size fits all and it is, but it's also, um, very personally, um, relevant in terms of how we use our gifts and talents. So the way that each of us is called to participate in the gathering of Israel and to fulfill that mission of our life, is very unique and special. So for Jen, she's a singer, as you mentioned before, and um, would love to hear her talk a little bit more about, you know, how she feels called to use her gifts and talents to do that. For me, I, um, since I was young, I've seen myself being an instrument in the Lord's hands to gather and mobilize billions and billions of dollars and lots of political um, influence and millions and millions of people to help do the Lord's work. And so I do real estate, um, commercial real estate, uh, but the reasons why I'm doing commercial real estate is because 
it's helping me develop the skill sets of raising money. And it's also a vehicle for me to gather influential people. Um, and as you know, one of my gifts and just things that I enjoy doing is gathering people. And um, so I don't really see a, a separation between what we do professionally and what we're called to do spiritually. Yeah. I think one of the things that lights me up the most and that I'm most passionate about is asking the Lord what your gifts and talents are and how he wants you to develop them to accomplish his work. Yeah. I love that. What, what's love's role in this purpose? Dude, can Nick, do you have an answer? I have thoughts for sure, but go ahead. I know that people say this, like, God is love. But really, God is love. The whole reason why we'd want to gather Israel is because of the love for other people and love for God. And I've been thinking about this concept of experiencing God, mm-hmm. like God loves. So every time we experience love, we're experiencing God. Anytime I'm experiencing peace, I'm experiencing God. And I love too that if I'm just going through the motions and keeping commandments, it's not about the commandment keeping. It's about who I'm becoming as a result of why I'm doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And so love's role like the thing this is the thing that just like gets me is the whole reason why i'm so grateful to be a latter-day saint is the holy ghost role is to help refine me to become a greater vessel of love to feel love for myself to feel love for mankind yeah and love isn't just being nice you know what i mean and i've been thinking about this too because okay sorry and then i'm gonna shut up for and you talk now but Something that's been really amazing to me is I really love learning about meditation. I'm really into learning about rituals from other faith practices and integrating that into my own spiritual practice. But something that the Heavenly Father has really been impressing upon my heart lately is we have the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is really unique. So I can sit in meditation for five minutes and achieve a result that might take someone else three hours to receive some level of enlightenment because I literally have like spiritual steroids, which help me reach this plane. And also just want to emphasize that as covenant Israel, we have a gift of feeling this love for humanity mm-hmm. and the gift of charity. And we have access to that power and that feeling if we desire because of the covenant relationship that we have with the Lord. Totally. And we have greater opportunity to feel that than other people have because of this covenant relationship. And it doesn't make it, it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm so special and everyone else sucks. It's more like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm so lucky. Am I utilizing this priesthood anointing to access this love of God? Like, 
something else that really lights me up and also like lights me up in the fact that sometimes I get angry is as Latter-day Saints, are we living on cans of beans when we can be drinking from the living waters? And I think the answer, unfortunately, so often is yes, we're just eating beans and not drinking from the well. So, yeah, I love a few things you pointed out. Whereas like, like your what you light up about gathering Israel is motivated by love and God is love. And then you were kind of talking about like feeling loved and giving love creates peace in your life as well as like just makes you happy. I also think yeah. like love is light too. So it's easy to light up about something that fills you with that love. Uh, yeah. Nick, what does love feel like for you? So there's this amazing quote from President Nelson. He's just the G of all G's. And he said, the covenant path is a path of love. The greatest joy you will ever experience is when you are consumed with love for God and for all his children. When did he so say the that? Work, yeah, what's that? When did he say that? I need to go read that talk again. Me too. Yeah, it's, it was um, a talk he gave at a general conference leadership meeting on March 31st of wow. last year, but they published it in the October 2022 Liahona. Okay, that's amazing. Will you drop that in the chat? Yeah, I'll post yeah, that Yeah, I'll too. throw it in the chat. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll send you the link. That. Yeah, love, it's so powerful. So powerful. that's really, for me, like, love is joy, and the deeper love I receive from God first, yeah. because God's love is, the greatest of all love it's really we we only can share what we've received i think to a certain degree and so yeah that's one of the reasons why a relationship with god is is the biggest blessing is because we learn from the source of love yeah. and we receive that love and one thing that i was thinking about today is we we're as you had sort of ask some of those questions to prepare and think about in advance of our chat. Um, sort of like, how do I share love? And um, one of those ways is, of course, um, thinking about how to use my gifts and talents to gather Israel, which is really just inviting people to walk that covenant path of love and to experience a covenant loving relationship with heavenly our heavenly parents um and one one thing that i do in the mornings i start doing more um religiously if you will um just more consistently is praying for people and uh it's just a it's such a powerful way to feel and receive of god's love by thinking about individual people yeah um and praying for them like on this call natalie i've prayed for you to have joy on this podcast oh. and to feel loved yourself i know the stress that there can be of being a host and when there's technical you know difficulties or whatever like there was at the beginning and 
and prayer and and having that sort of relationship with God of receiving that love and and giving it out to others is just a really beautiful experience. Thank you. I there's so much power in those little things. Like if someone ever mentions that they put my name on the prayer roll, which if someone's listening who's not a member in the temple, you can write someone's name and then it's prayed for in a special way. Um, but it like really just makes you like realize that you have so much added power from people praying for you and praying for people by name. I think that is so special. I love that you're incorporating that. Jen, what thoughts do you have? Thanks, Matt, for asking me one. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Blasso, that is my brother. Thank you. He's my brother, and I happily claim him, and I learn so much from him all the time, and wow, so grateful. Like, the fact that he just quoted the prophet twice and just dropped these bombs that were Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, that, oh. They're just fresh in his mind. I love it. I know. I've listened. People like Nicholas Blossel don't come around every day, and I get to experience his magic always. And I, I say this a lot. I am who I am because Nick Blossel is my brother, and I, I'm so grateful for that. Um, I was thinking about this today at church. A covenant relationship is a relationship of responsibility. It's a relationship of great power and blessing, but I had been thinking so much about like relationship, covenant power in my life to overcome trials. And Heavenly Father kind of chastised me through this other boy saying, literally our baptismal covenant is basically removing ourselves, taking upon the name of Christ and vowing and covenanting to mourn with those who mourn, comfort those who stand in need of comfort and be with those people who need that power. And Jesus just asks us to be of good cheer because he's going to take care of things. And I don't mean it in a way that's so self-sacrificing that we lose ourselves. It's more like, how can I, like Nick was saying, receive or use my unique gifts and talents, which is going to bring me joy Mm -hmm. to gather Israel and help alleviate suffering in the world. And I was just in Paris two days ago, and this is going to be a controversial opinion and, and, and overgeneralization. And I know that, but I'm going to share anyway. Mm -hmm. But when I was there, I was just thinking like, there's so much that I love about Paris. There's so much I love about French people. So much we can learn from them. They're really beautifully great at living in the moment, living for pleasure and beautiful things. Mm-hmm. But also, I was realizing, man, that's also a, a different way that I'm choosing to live. Because my life isn't about feeling pleasure in this moment. My life as a Latter-day Saint covenant-keeping daughter of the of Israel is how can I live above seeking for pleasures? And, and, and also what this came down to is, sorry, this is going to be a long thing. And how does this tie into love? It's also about self-love. Like I realized Mm -hmm. that I would go on a date with this French boy and I'm so worried to tell him that I can't eat bread because the three things that make up the French flag are sex, wine, and bread basically. And with (laughs) all three things I don't do. And so being in France and then being like, yeah. And, and so I realized I used to, and you're gluten free. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean. like yeah. bread, don't drink wine. <laughs> yeah. And so I would carry around this shame 
in these values that I hold and I would share them with this feeling of embarrassment. And then I was recently, when I was in Paris this last time, I thought I have spent so much of my life learning about how to take care of my body because I love myself and I want to be in a state of health for my own joy, but also so I can receive the Holy Ghost. That's really badass. And the fact that I'm like ashamed about my value, I really want to shift that energy and honor myself and love myself and say like, yes, I don't eat bread because I have a disease where my body doesn't break it down properly. So I feel like absolute crap and so I also think this feeling of love like Nick was saying it stems from feeling love for my heavenly parents but also really having to love myself and my values and really know like instead of being embarrassed like yeah I don't have sex before marriage I was like yeah I really trust in heavenly father's promises to me that if I wait until marriage to engage in these kinds of sexual activities, God is going to bless me. It's not that God just wants us to refrain with no blessings. God wants our absolute highest joy. And so that was something that I realized that I undervalue what I have to offer the world by overvaluing how other people are living because I want to be perceived Mm. as cool because I don't love who I am and what I've learned and what I stand for. And so with that, too, I I got to go on a date with this beautiful French man over the weekend. And something that Heavenly Father also impressed on me is, Jen, how can you gather Israel if you're always with people who are already of Israel? Mm -hmm. Like, I know that it's scary for you to go in these situations and have to tell people what your values are because you may be rejected. But how are people ever going to know that there are people with your values if you're not out there meeting them? Like if you're not out there being in the world, meeting people, how am I ever supposed to be gathering Israel? And so that's also what I've been really thinking about is I need to get outside of my comfort zone and go into places that stretch me. And to be able to experience, you know what I mean? Like that gathering. And I can't do it if I'm tired, if I'm just always with, you know, the same situations. And it first had to stem with me loving myself. So I felt brave enough to walk into those situations and not be shrinking or cowering or elevating somebody else above my own life decisions and, and as, what I was doing was I wasn't trusting in the Lord that his commandments are the are joyous and I was not living in that joy by choice which is also silly mm-hmm. as, but silly as you're speaking too I think just you, you telling your story of this whole story is an example of your love for God for living the way you live right and then like you said being an example for those around you but also you were saying like how you want to get out of yourself and like you have to 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 impact others. You need to find those other people. And for me, I just think of I think it was um, one of my professors talked about just going outside and like maybe taking public transport more or in public places. Just make eye contact and smile at people like you don't need to go have a conversation with them necessarily. But like even those little things can share love and love doesn't have to be a huge grand thing but it it can be manifested through so many ways and like just talking to people and having different interactions. And I think it can even be as simple as eye contact and smiling. Which is scary. Like here's the other thing that 
this has been my mantra lately is I can do, I am brave. And I didn't realize how much. So I live in London now and I decided I, I when I was in Paris the other day, I really wanted to do this thing, but I was too scared. And I thought, yeah. wow, how often am I limiting experiencing joy in my life because I'm afraid of how other people will perceive me. Mm-hmm. Partly it's because I don't speak French very well. And I was scared to go into this place alone to ask for a seat outside because I wasn't really sure how it works and I started to cry because I was like oh I'm so frustrated that I'm too scared to live the life I want to live because I'm worried about this so by the end I literally walked the city for two hours like trying to muster up the courage to go into one of these cafes to order a tea to sit on a terrace because in my brain I'm like everyone's so cool in French and they're sipping their wine and drinking their cigarettes and they're so cool and it's so busy and I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to be the stupid American that can't speak French and I'm going to be like I just was diminishing myself so anyway after that two hours of wandering the city and not being brave enough to walk inside that night I was like no One, I need to text this boy back and go on this date because I will be safe with him. She's beautiful, whatever. I was too scared to show up for the opportunity. And I was like, no, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to show up for this opportunity to be with somebody that's outside my comfort zone. It's not going to harm me. It's not like it's outside my value system. It's just outside of what's comfortable to me. I'm going to show up for that. The next day, I went to this bookshop, and I heard the magical sound of a piano drifting through the store. turns out there's a piano upstairs. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm too scared to play it. Like, that's so scary. And I thought, no, I am going to be brave. I am brave, and I'm going to sit down and offer this magical experience of letting other people hear the piano drift through the store because I was so grateful that somebody else did that. And so oftentimes you like speak of love is like smiling at a stranger. But really like when you're on the subway, smiling at a stranger is so scary. It's Mm -hmm. scary to do these things that are of love and to have this impression that goes outside of what's societally okay like I think in Utah sometimes it's easier when you're with fellow Americans it's like whatever but then like like, I just I'm like I want Latter-day Saints to play bigger and be bigger and do things that are more uncomfortable and take bigger risks and we can't gather Israel if we're just always with Israel like how are we supposed to do the Lord's work you know and so today on the train, I was like, I'm going to bring the Book of Mormon on the train and read it in public. I haven't done that in years because it feels so scary. I'm worried people will say mean things to me. I'm worried about this. Mm. But today I was like, no, whatever. Frick it, dude. I'm brave. Like, yeah. I'm going to read this in public because I'm so sick of not sharing love because I'm worried, like, there's a market by my house, and everyone's so cool, and I'm, like, afraid to go to the market and be nice to people, because everyone's so cool, and so it's taken me three weeks to, like, one, well, I went there before, but I noticed this two weeks ago, that I was too afraid to, like, show love, because I thought everyone was so cool, so I'd be too shy, and so it took me another week to, like, warm up, and then last week, I was finally, like, no, these people deserve kindness and a smile and just because they're smoking hot and gorgeous with cool style that's more frightening like it's easier to give love to someone who we like can take pity on or something but like Mm. what about the person that's so cool and scary to talk to they're like Mm. that you know what I mean like that's also so important to offer them a smile and a joke and a like whatever thing to lift their day like 
anyway, clearly I'm passionate about this of like, I just think Latter-day Saints, we are gifted with so much and yet we stay in our comfort zones so often. And then we complain about how hard life is. And I'm like, dude, it's because we're not out there engaging with the world and lighting up the places that need us most and using our talents to freaking soar. And so then we just get caught up in the petty things. Anyway. Nick, what's running through your head right now as we've talked about this? Yeah, as I've literally given a monologue. Oh, I have my... Yeah, I, I I love you, Jen. You're just fiery, passionate preacher, and it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love hearing. I'm thinking about how many girls are going to be listening to this, going, "Yeah, like this is my this is my woman. Like she's speaking uh, sp- speaking to me." So uh, anyway, it's awesome. Oh, that's so nice. What thoughts do you have about spreading love and and? creating more love in our world in general. Mm. I think that theme of fear and vulnerability, one of the things that was coming to my mind was love is vulnerable Mm. as Jen was talking. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's like love is on the other side of fear. And um, Mm. there's no scripture that says perfect love casteth out all fear. And I think that's one of the reasons why, again, like, there is no greater source of love than God and connecting with God is what's going to fill you with that love that casts out that fear. And I think one of the things about the gathering of Israel, you know, um, is there's no greater love than offering others an opportunity to connect with parts of love. And I have felt in just, I, I used sort of mission that we all have, um, a lot of people serve missions and they come home and they wish they could have those experiences again when the truth is they're available to us if we're willing to be vulnerable and if we're willing to go out on that limb like we did as missionaries. Yeah. I think that's where we find it. And, uh, those are, those are awesome examples, Jen. And, I'm excited to think more about that. Um, for me, I think, I think love and faith are, are, are closely tied as well. Right. Um, that faith is the opposite of fear. And I think love is the opposite of fear in a lot of ways. And so, um, I want to be more intentional this week in thinking about, you know, what would I do if I had more faith again, to quote president Nelson and, um, and then to receive more faith or to receive more love by doing that quote unquote scary thing. Yeah, something. Sorry, Nat, no, you haven't ahead. even shared. We just keep no, rambling. This is the point of this. I love hearing but, from you. Go ahead, Jen. But truly, Nick, I love what you said. Like I I also want to just invite people to notice that love is a practice Mm -hmm. it's a practice of cultivating love and receiving love and giving love and so I think like Nick was saying like it's so important for me to have practices in my life that tune me back into love with my heavenly father and and scripture study is a massive source of that but so is 
yoga and running and taking care of my health so I can experience God and be this vessel that can receive that. And, and so that's the other thing too, like, I know I keep saying this, but as Latter-day Saints, we're so lucky to have the opportunity to receive the Holy Ghost. Like, I think it needs to be really, like, specified when we have the laying on of hands and we're confirmed as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we're given the invitation to then be able to receive the Holy Ghost. We aren't given the gift of the Holy Ghost and now we have it forever. It's we're given the opportunity to learn how to receive the Holy Ghost. And then it's yeah. up to us to cultivate environments that allow for that presence of God to be with us and to receive of that. And so also I love being curious about other ways that people cultivate love in their own life. I'm yeah. reading this book by a Buddhist monk and they use and they use these like basically poems to be present in the throughout the day so that they can be present in receiving love but then I thought wait that's a shame I'm learning from this it's beautiful I'm learning from this Buddhist monk but it's a shame I'm not viewing the scriptures this way and using a scripture that I know to bring yeah. me back love and memorize the scripture in my brain when I'm like I love that the Jews have this like a specific prayer each time they're drinking water or a specific prayer for each thing that just connects them back to love and connects them back into the moment so i also think this love love is a practice and it's an intention and it's it's a vulnerability like nick was saying it's scary and yeah. it's beautiful it's so you experience god and that's you know yeah it's powerful too my mind just jumped i mean two thoughts i just looked up and on my wall i have a a heart-shaped note my sister sent me from her mission and it's happy valentine's day probably from like last year or two years ago and i was like just that like two from two years ago still like i can read three things she loves about me and have that up there for forever mm -hmm. right and remember that love and, and be motivated to go out and love others and like who needs a note of love today and then my second thought was well let's see if it comes back kind of like how we how do we cultivate love i also love how you brought up other religions and how they love and just just learning from each other i think love is listening love doesn't mean you have to agree with other people but love just means that you take into consideration what they're saying and that helps you accept differences that helps you just love oh my second thought was just like in a family i don't know where i was talking who i was talking to maybe it was a podcast and they were just talking about like the so what of the gospel the so what of different principles and it was like oh to, to teach my kids and to be an example to my kids and just the way we live if we live in love will be an example to those around us so we're wrapping up in the next few minutes I want you both to think of a takeaway either from today's conversation or just something that you think people can benefit from so think of those I, oh yeah go ahead first Nick if yeah. that's okay uh, something I'm really grateful to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is because Jesus Christ is the ultimate boss in loving people and that he came and people are like, Jesus, you can't do that. It's against the laws of Moses. And Jesus was like, and this is the higher law, which is love. And I just... The, I just can't get enough of learning about Jesus of Nazareth. And I feel so 
blessed that somebody walked this earth that their whole mission was about seeing the individual and loving them and that truth is love and that's the other thing that's so powerful is our heavenly parents are so full of love because they're so full of truth and you can't love someone if it's not in truth and that's why love is vulnerable because it's truth and so also if i'm not existing in a space with someone and and there's truth then it's not really love and we're missing out which is sometimes why people like the commandments are rough or whatever like these things are tricky or they're mean or whatever it's like no love is uncomfortable because it's truth and it's expansive and we're talking about cultivating love which basically also means i have to do things that are really difficult and uncomfortable and require more from me to experience this love it's not easy it gets easy when you develop the habits and it gets yeah. easier because you're craving these feelings but that's the other thing too i'm i'm sick of people kind of being like oh god is love and i'm like god is truth which truth is love and light and that's right love and light distortion and it's you know what i mean like yeah. anyway so that's why I love Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ points us back to the Father and I'm so grateful that my heavenly Father is so full of love and when I tune into that love it just fills me with tears and love for mankind so then sometimes I walk out my door and I'm just already beaming because I'm so full that I can't help but just it spills from you so yeah oh, I want you want really to experience do. Yeah, you really do radiate that. Like, you just, oh. your friendship, I've seen you live that, and it's such a good example to me. So thank you. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Nick, what's yeah. your last takeaway? Yeah, I mean, um, I'd be surprised if there was a more, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, religious chat that you've had in this podcast. But um, <laughs> Jen, and I, Jen and I have just, we're we're not preaching and testifying because we were raised in the church. We're preaching and testifying because we've sought for truth. Yeah. And we testify that the greatest love and peace is found in God and the truths that he's revealed through his prophets. And there's this quote from Joseph Smith um, that is one of my all-time favorites he says the nearer we get to our heavenly father the more we are disposed to look with compassion on perishing souls wow. and he actually preceded this by saying um that uh he said the lord cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance okay so that's yeah. something that people see and they think of god as this judgmental sort of maybe critical um figure but he says the lord cannot look upon sin with least greater allowance that being true the nearer we get to our heavenly father the more we are disposed to look with compassion on perishing souls we feel that we want to take them upon our shoulders and cast their sins behind our backs so i just want to testify that that is that's to me that's love compassion looking at our fellow human beings and smiling. I know 
I'm reading this book right now. It's in this book called The Law of Love by Steve Young. It's incredible. You can listen to it on uh, the Desert yeah, Book app where you can sure. buy that book. But basically talks about how life is a journey from the transactional or preparatory track of do this and do that and you get these and, and those rewards to the higher law, which Jesus taught, which is, he calls it, Steve Young calls it the finishing track which is I love because I love. I have no expectation. I'm not seeking any kind of reward. I'm not even seeking any kind of blessing. I simply desire for the healing and well-being of others. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we receive from Heavenly Father. So I think we, Jen and I, just both want to invite everyone listening to to come to know our heavenly parents because it will fill you with greater joy than you've ever known because it will fill you with greater love than you could ever imagine. Yeah, that love is so powerful. And just looking at both of you as we've done this chat, you both emulate this. And anytime I interact with either of you, I feel your love. And whenever you can feel love from someone that can translate into God's love for you. Someone mentioned like, oh, think of someone you love so, so much. And for me, I'm like, oh, I love my nephew. Like I could watch him for hours and I just love him so much. And they're like, and then realize God loves him a thousand times more, like way more than you could ever love him. And I'm like, oh, like what? I love him so much. But then you translate to how much God loves you. And it really is a motivating power that can change your life. Um, thank you both so much. I loved learning from you. We will have to do this again because I know you both are so bright-minded and have so much to share. So stay tuned for part two with Jen and Nick. And everybody, <laughs> go love. Go cultivate love. Do those little things. Love yourself. And then let that be shared with others. And, yeah, thanks, everybody. Happy month of thank love. Thank you for loving, Natalie. You next thank week. you so much Bye, for loving. For being the best. Love you all. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.